A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. Weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, cigar Dave. 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 Since the last time we congregated... We have much to get to on today's edition of the Cigar Dave Show. We will discuss, of course, alpha male pleasure maneuvers. And for those that may not understand what alpha male pleasure maneuvers entail, here it is in a quick synopsis. Cigars, spirits, delicacies, grilling, dames, travel, Enjoying the fruits of our hard labor throughout the course of the week, we celebrate our alpha male good life maneuvers without any remorse of guilt. And also today we will hit a couple of important, more serious topics. Election is around the corner. Tragedy that occurred in Pittsburgh last week, right around the time we were preparing for last week's show. So much to get to today, front and center as we get set. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. As always, your commanding five-star global general and Alpha male-in-chief coming to you from Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City of Tampa. As always, make sure you follow me on social media, Go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner. You will see the links for Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram, YouTube, all the other social media platforms that may be invented down the road. We will be sure to add. You know, it's interesting. Talking about social media, I've just lost total interest in Facebook. I mean, we post on Facebook, but on a personal level, on my personal Facebook page, and I only keep it limited to people that I know, friends, even though I get tons of requests. I have just lost interest in Facebook. I think it's a combination of the censoring that goes on. It's a combination of what they do with our data. Uh, talk to a number of people that have all shared the same sentiments, that in the last three, four months, their interest level in Facebook has gone right down the tubes. It's kind of like an X. When you're kind of done you want to make a change in that department, whether it's a girlfriend, wife, member of the harem, you're done. You don't want to deal with it anymore. That's pretty much the uh, exact same thing. But in any event, we still do post on our uh, show, Facebook and Twitter, I use all the time. Uh, what was it? Uh, two weeks ago, big game between Alabama, the Crimson Tide of Alabama, and the Volunteers of Tennessee. Oh, Nelly, as the great Keith Jackson would say. There is a big tradition that started back in 1961 when Jim Goostry, the trainer for the Alabama Crimson Tide, passed out victory cigars after Alabama beat the Tennessee Volunteers 34-3. to So this tradition 
goes back 57 years. And it is a tradition that has stayed alive and well each and every year since then. Now, Nick Saban, not a big fan of uh, cigars, not a big fan of smoking. Even he tried to stop it, couldn't do it. It is a tradition. It's a great tradition. Whoever team, Whatever team wins, they have the victory cigars. And technically, you're not supposed to have any smoking on certain college campuses and in locker rooms and so on and so forth. But when it comes to a hallowed tradition, this is a tradition that has maintained for 57 years. Love the tradition. I think it's pretty cool. There's even pictures of the players in the locker rooms, pictures of Nick Saban not lighting up. There's uh, fans that are in the stands just one of those things that transcends any smoking bans or any other type of restrictions on being able to enjoy a cigar. Well, this year, once again, no surprise, Alabama has defeated, or Alabama did defeat Tennessee uh, in their annual game. And they call it the third of October game, third week of October game, because that's traditionally when they both play each other. Well, there was a big headline, op-ed piece, headline by uh, Jack McElroy, the editor of the Canoxville News. I know it's Knoxville, but I still like to call it Canoxville. I'll never forget there was a, if you remember the Tonight Show, uh, Johnny Carson, the great Karnak. As you know, he had that big thing, and Ed McMahon would give him, would uh, open up the, uh, would, would say, you know, say something, and then Karnak uh would uh, put the envelope to his head, and then he'd open up the envelope. And I'll never forget, talking about Canoxville, this brings up a story totally unrelated. But I'll never forget, Ed McMahon gives him the envelope, and Karnak says, Canockers. And Ed McMahon, of course, says, Canockers, yes! Johnny opens up the envelope. What are on the end of two knipples? No, wait a minute, I screwed that up. It's knipples. What are on the end of two Canuckers? I missed that one. But you get the you get the gist of the story. And by the way, I have been watching on YouTube every night. I do not watch any of the late night shows. None of them interest me. None of them are entertaining. They're all political. That was the beauty, the uh, really the essence of Johnny Carson. You didn't know if he was a Democrat or Republican. His joke. Same thing with Jay Leno. Their jokes were. You know, relatively tame. They went after everybody, but they weren't hyper-partisan like Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel, uh, Jimmy Fallon. So I, I go on YouTube and I'll watch reruns of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. They are timeless. They are still infinitesimally more entertaining than they are today. However, I digress. But let me go back to this uh, headline. Time to put an end to stupid Tennessee-Alabama cigar-smoking tradition Opinion by Jack McElroy, the editor of the Knoxville News. And he says that Nick Saban couldn't stamp it out, though he doesn't smoke and disapproves of tobacco in the locker room. The insanity of sucking tobacco smoke into the lungs has become increasingly clear ever since. He goes on to say cigar smoke supposedly isn't inhaled, but those fumes are fouler than cigarette smoke. He says, let's make... Let's end this stupid tradition and that if players want to spew toxins into Bryant-Denny Stadium, which is in Alabama, fine. But the following year, when the Crimson Tide tries to blow smoke into the Vols' house, stop them. Well, here's a way to stop them. How about you guys just winning the game, which Tennessee can't seem to do? 
Tennessee football's been a disaster. By the way, my Syracuse Orangemen. Sergeant Steve, did you see that my Syracuse Orangemen have cracked the top 25? I believe they're, uh, what are they, 22 and 19 or 21 and another Dino Baber's got that program running on the right direction, that's for sure. He does. Lee Corso called me this week. I get a call from Lee Corso. He gets his officer's club cigars, and he says, General Lovis Cigars. He said, I've been thinking about you every week. The Syracuse Orange Top 25. And I said, Lee, what did you tell me beginning of the year when I said, hey, maybe they got a shot? And he said, next year. He said, could be this year. I don't think they're going to win the national championship. But I think they play Wake Forest this week. They have a game at Yankee Stadium against Notre Dame. I think, and they they play, I think, B.C., I think they have a good shot of getting into a top-tier bowl, but they have to maintain the momentum. They cannot have a letdown. They've lost two games, but uh, I think they're, what now, 7-2, and if I'm not mistaken, Uh, and they played a very good NC State team, so we are on the right track. So Will Lee Lee commit to bringing game day to Syracuse next year and putting on the orange hat? You'd have to wear Otto the Orange, yes, the entire costume. You know, you never know. Will he Who commit knows? to that got, now, that he's going to go to Syracuse I don't think, next year? I don't think he's going to commit to that now. However, if they play, continue to play well, the way Babers has brought that program around, you never know. Never say never. I remember when the Carrier Dome was rocking back when uh, it was Paul Pascoloni and before that Coach Dick McPherson. And, boy, we had some – we were a really a perennial top – 10 team every year under McPherson once he turned the program around and it reminds me of what Baber is doing right now so bodes well but anyway Jack McElroy this editor has a problem with cigars and I say if you got a problem with it well just win the game but this is a tradition and he tries to go on and talk about that uh, that cigar smoke is worse than cigarette goes again no scientific basis he says cigar smoke supposedly is an inhale not supposedly it is not inhaled. But he says those fumes are fouler than cigarette smoke. No way. There's nothing like the aroma of a fine cigar. This, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Here we have an editor, Jack McElroy. Number one, he's upset that his team can't beat Alabama. But I think further than that, he's probably not an alpha male. He doesn't get the whole enjoying cigars, enjoying the good life. He just doesn't get that. And so consequently, what he has to do is try to, again, what do I say the enemies of pleasure do? They are so miserable in their own lives that they have to inflict their misery upon others. And by the way, if Tennessee would have won, those cigars would have been broken out in the locker room. And I don't care whether or not the University of Tennessee is a non-smoking campus. One of their senior VPs or senior vice chancellors of finance and administration said, you know, enforcing something like that is going to be a tough issue, even if we don't allow smoking on the campus and, and in the stadium. Come on. When your team wins, it's a once-a-year tradition. So to Jack McElroy, the editor of the Knoxville News, I say to you, don't interfere with that tradition. If you want to live a miserable life, continue living a miserable life. But do not in any way, shape, or form impose your misery upon the Tennessee or Alabama football tradition. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. 
<laughs> that could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Days. The October 2018 Officers Club selection by now in hand to all of our Officers Club members featuring a great group of cigars from A.J. Fernandez. The A.J. Fernandez Bellas Artes, the A.J. Fernandez Enclave Broadleaf, and the A.J. Fernandez San Latano Requiem Maduro getting great response to it. We enjoyed the A.J. Fernandez Bellas Artes on last week's show with a beautiful exclusive A.J. Fernandez Rojita Nicaraguan wrapper. Very smooth, delightful notes of cinnamon and cedar. All the cigars that we put in the A.J. Fernandez sampler have been just getting great accolades. The A.J. Fernandez Enclave Broadleaf, full-bodied, full flavor, loaded with power, no trace of harshness whatsoever, and the A.J. Fernandez San Latano Requiem Maduro wrapped in a magnificent, oily, shiny Mexican San Andreas Moron wrapper. You will get great notes of chocolate, cream, light sweetness. So our A.J. Fernandez Officers Club 2018, October 2018 sampler off the charts. Now for November, we're going to make the announcement next week on the show. But it is going to be a very nice sampler coming from Davidoff. And as we know, Davidoff's got their Davidoff, their Avo, the Camacho, the Griffins. Huge lineup of great cigars. We're going to make the announcement next week. But the November 2018 Officers Club selection will be fantastic. If you are not a member of the Officers Club, go right now to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you three great cigars every month. Makes a great holiday gift. We're already looking at the holidays right around the corner. If you want to give a loved one, a husband, a boyfriend, a friend, a boss, some great cigars, get them a membership to the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Go to CigarDave.com right now, $22.95, to join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. You may have never heard of this song, but in the early 60s, this actually was climbing the top 40 charts. A very big song back in the day by the fabulous rockers called Would I Still Be Loving You made its way onto national radio. And the reason that I am playing this is because the founder of the fabulous rockers, a very good friend of mine for uh, many years, uh, neighbor, friend, uh, just a fellow cigar connoisseur, great all-around guy, Dennis Papello, Dr. Dennis Papello, the founder of the Fabulous Rockers, noted heart surgeon, passed away October 25th at the age of 79. And uh, in fact, Dennis was uh, my guest at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line last February here in the cigar city of Tampa. And we would have a cigar together and a cocktail now and then. Just a wonderful guy, noted heart surgeon, but his first true love and his passion was music. And back in the in the 60s, 
He created this band, the Fabulous Rockers, and they played all around Tampa. I mean, thousands of people would would play, and they played in New York's popular Peppermint Lounge. They had a uh, song on the uh, top 40. They performed along the uh, so, uh, the likes of the Four Seasons. Jerry Lee Lewis gave it up to uh, go to med school and become a uh, cardiac surgeon. Very well-known cardiac surgeon, born in West Tampa. Came back after studying out in California, back to his uh, native Cigar City. And uh, the group was disbanded for a long time, but in 1994, he wanted to get the group back together. Figured, okay, they'll have a one-time concert. They had 6,000 people that showed up at the Tampa Convention Center. By the way, Sergeant Steve, Easy Ed Pendino, who assists us on many of our engineering broadcasts. Ed's been doing uh, engineering uh, many of my shows long before uh, you joined the crew. Going back, I want to say, probably 20 years uh, Easy Ed used to go to all the concerts, knew Dennis very, very well. In fact, I saw him uh, at one of the concerts about eh, maybe about five years ago. Uh, Dennis told me, he said, you got to come. We're doing this concert at the Postal Carriers Hall. Over th- Pace was packed. And who do I see? Easy Ed Pendino and his lovely wife, Sandy. And he said, Dave, you don't realize how big these guys were in Tampa way back in the 60s. So Ed and, was just uh, telling Ed- me about him on Thursday at the Lightning game I, saw, I ran into Ed. Oh, was he really? Yeah. Yeah, and Ed, Ed musician uh, himself as well. Yes, he is. That's exactly right. So just a, uh, a very interesting story. And uh, so I wanted to uh, send out my condolences to his uh, wife, Lisa, and to his family. Dr. Dennis Papello, good friend of mine. And for the National Cigar Litation Ceremony, I'm going to have a cigar uh, unlit in microphone position number two. And also in microphone position number three, we will have for the 11 uh, congregants of the uh, synagogue up in the Tree of Life Synagogue up in Pittsburgh, we, at Squirrel Hill, the Squirrel Hill area of Pittsburgh. We will have a cigar in their memory as well. Uh, just, a, just a tragedy. And, you know, I, I said on Twitter, here are people that got up in the morning, Saturday morning, to go to synagogue, go to their, uh, go to their temple, Many of them to celebrate the birth of a, of a child, uh, a naming of a child, a bris. Many of them to mourn the passing of a loved one. Many of them to say a prayer for a friend or a, a loved one that was ill. Many of them just to be amongst their fellow congregants, just to share Saturday morning services. And when they were getting ready, I assure you, none of them, thought that would be their last day on earth. And unfortunately, a depraved uh, psycho lunatic goes in uh, with hate-filled speech and assassinates 11 congregants, and there were multiple other injuries, including three from the uh, Pittsburgh Police Department. Just unacceptable. And to politicize this event, when I see people saying that President Trump's rhetoric is like a Nazi and, and fascist, and just uncalled for. And of course, you had the CNN and uh, MS, or I call it BSNBC, all trying to frame this narrative. And there were a number of congregants, and even the rabbi of Tree of Life Synagogue saying, stop, do not politicize this. Just like when Bernie Sanders... One of his supporters, diehard supporters, went in and tried to assassinate 
a number of Republicans that were were playing in Virginia on a practice uh, softball field, uh, and and uh, uh, Representative Scalise badly injured. We didn't look and say, well, it's all Bernie Sanders' fault or all the Democrats. Unfortunately, there are people that are that are psychologically and mentally unstable. They're the ones at fault. But to immediately try to paint a broad brush and say, oh, this is the rhetoric, please, enough. And on many of those Libstream media networks, we saw congregants push back when, when Andrea Mitchell or, or Cuomo or somebody from uh, CNN tried to make, frame a narrative. They were stopped dead in their tracks. And the rabbi, when people said, oh, he's not welcome here, including the mayor of Pittsburgh, the rabbi said, he is welcome here. He's my president. And the number of people that uh, were glad that President Trump came far outnumbered the protesters. Many of them were organized protesters that all had their political agenda. But these people on the left cannot stop. That's all they do is politicize things. When there's a tragedy, they politicize it. Now, all of a sudden, if you criticize them, you're you're, you're a nationalist, you're a Nazi, you're homophobe, you're anti-Semitic, you're racist, you're xenophobe, you're anti-LGBT. Enough already. Enough. So to those 11 people who were uh, were murdered, may they rest in peace. We will pay tribute to their memory. Also, a uh, if you're a football fan like me, there was a guy that was an NFL insider before anybody else. Paul Zimmerman, known as Dr. Z, started writing about football with the New York Post, then went to the uh, went to Sports Illustrated, noted writer. This guy was just well known. I mean, he was uh, the insiders before there was an Adam Schefter and there was a uh, uh, just any of the other ESPN insiders or NFL insiders. He was the guy. And if he was still writing when Twitter and social media was around, look out. He wrote The Thinking Man's Guide to Pro Football in 1971 before you had all the video breakdown and the websites. But just some great articles. And we are going to post a link to all of his, some of his uh, well-known articles. The guy was well-known by everybody, respected. Even Bill Belichick paid tribute to him. Paul Zimmerman passing away at 86. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the general, each month delivered straight to your door when you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. For just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, one of the cigars that was released at this summer's Cigar Retailers Convention in Las Vegas, the Drew Estate Undercrown Sungrown. It is added to the lineup of other Drew Estate Undercrowns, the Undercrown Shade, and the Undercrown Maduro. The Undercrown Sungrown features an Ecuadorian Sumatra Seed Sungrown wrapper, a Connecticut River Valley stock cut cured Sungrown uh, Habano binder, and a blend of Nicaraguan fillers. One leaf extensively aged Lajero from the Nueva Segovia region, which is along the border of Honduras which has been selected to enhance the strength of the blend. It's got a nice amount of flavor. It's a meaty cigar. A lot of flavor, but very, very pleasant. Very smooth. It's not going to overpower you. It's definitely not for somebody that wants a very mild cigar. But it's a very thick, hefty cigar. It's got some nice uh, hints of espresso, some little spice, little cinnamon very nice cigar and I have selected the Double Corona. Double Corona 7 inches in length with a 54 ring gauge, 54 64 of an inch in diameter. Suggested retail of this cigar is going to be around $11, $10-11-$12 depending on where you go not including taxes. But a nice addition to the Drew Estate Undercrown lineup. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready to go. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, I was in a rush this morning when I left the Pleasure Palace. And so I grabbed the first litation device, even though I have numerous here at Command Center Alpha. I figured, up, oh, it's right in my pocket. I'm just going to take this one. This is a nice little portable one, actually, that uh, I got from Drew Estate. It's got like a nice little, looks like a Zippo lighter, but it's rubberized, little SSG flame. You can hear that. Very lightweight. Nice. You know, you can uh, get this wet a little bit. Not a problem. So I will use that today. Got a little clear tank. I can see how much uh, butane is still in here. Nothing extravagant, but it all does the same trick. Whether it is an inexpensive litation device, a match, whether it is one of the litation devices from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories, makes no difference. As long as your cigar is properly lit, you are good to go. 
Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. And as I toast the foot of this cigar, I remind you that in microphone position number two, I have got a cigar in memory of my uh, good friend, Dr. Dennis Papello, uh, here in the Cigar City of Tampa, fellow cigar connoisseur and uh, cardiac surgeon, as well as founder of the fabulous Rockers that had some uh, big success in the 1960s and played played up until two days before he uh, passed away. And in microphone position number three to... Uh, memorialize and honor the 11 congregants of the Tree of Life, the Eitz Chaim Synagogue in Pittsburgh. We've got a cigar that shall remain unlit in microphone position number three in an ashtray as well. Let me toast a foot of my cigar here, taking my time. No rush. Oh, and I've got a great story that I will tell you. What? Talking about Karnak earlier... Uh, I can actually do a bit. Sergeant Steve, I'm going to do a Karnak bit with you, okay? I will do a Karnak bit with you. So I will actually have you, in just a few moments, hand me the envelope. I have to uh, move from the control room over here to the Command Center Alpha studio. Hand me the envelope, and I will give you a reason that has, or, or a selection that has something to do with the election coming up on Tuesday. All right, so as I puff and rotate... Taking our time. Mm, nice. A lot of flavor. Great draw. Mm, nice wrapper. Nice oily sheen. Feels good in the hand. Mm. Very nice. Mm. Okay. Mm. Let me blow on the foot of the cigar. Perfect. Fantastic. My... Durastate Undercrown Sun Grown, properly lit. Mmm. All right. Now I need the proper accompaniment. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, we got off the month of September. The entire month we enjoy great American whiskeys and bourbons for National Bourbon Heritage Month. And then October, which wrapped up last week with our mega beer-tasting maneuver edition of the Cigar Dave Show to commemorate the end of Cigar Oktoberfest, where we sampled beers throughout the entire month. I need a change of pace. So now I'm going to go into the winery category. I'm going to go into the vineyard. I'm going to go to the winery. I'm going to go to my wine cellar and pick out a lovely wine, one of my favorites, not going to break the bank, by one of my favorite vintners, vintners and wineries, uh, Wagner Family Wines, that makes the very famous Conundrum. Originally the Conundrum White, but I have selected the Conundrum Red, a red wine blend that is unique and original to the Wagner family of wine products made in California. I've met Chuck Wagner when I was out visiting their winery. They make fantastic wines, a whole variety of great wines, including from Camus Vineyards. They've got their Mer Soleil, love their Mer Soleil whites. They've got Red Schooner, Amolo, but uh, they're probably most famous for Conundrum, Camus, and Mer Soleil. Conundrum, you cannot go wrong with. The white is fabulous. The red, 
beautiful. I've got the 2016 red. It is, when I tell you, an amalgamation of just tastes and varietals. There's some Petite Syrah. There's some Zinfandel. There's some Cabernet. It's got a nice richness, nice complexity. It goes with anything. It's not going to overpower you. It's very pleasant. goes with a medium-bodied cigar. goes with a steak. I'll tell you what, I'd even have this with lobster or seafood. Can't go wrong with it. Ribs. Just got a nice, as I pour the wine here, pour that in here to the glass. Very nice as I swirl it around. Volatizing the esters. Nice legs on this particular wine. Has a nice deep dark hue, almost like a blackberry color. Some nice sense of uh, plum, a little floral, some coffee, a little oak. Let me say cheers and I will take a sip. Mm. Mm. Soft, but then you get a little bit of the character of this red. Again, an amalgamation, they call it conundrum, because they're in a conundrum. What do we use? What, what, what do we, what grapes? So they just started putting them all in, and they are absolutely fabulous. 20 bucks. And you can probably get it on sale even less than that. I've seen it for $15.99, $14.99, depending on where you go on sale. It's one of the kinds of wines, conundrum red, conundrum white. Keep a few bottles at home refrigerated. Well, the conundrum red, you don't want to refrigerate, but the white you do. Keep a few bottles at home. Yes, it's kind of wine that, look, sometimes you want to have, you've got friends over, but you don't want to break the bank. You don't want to break open a 30, 40, 50, $100 bottle of wine, maybe more, but you want to serve something nice. Conundrum, white and red, you can never go wrong with. So very nice. This is a very smooth, very approachable wine. Take another sip. Mmm. And the original Conundrum White was released about 25 years ago. And seven years ago, they broke their tradition and they launched the Conundrum Red. So a wine made from dark red varietals that's very pleasant. Goes with cigars, nice meal, uh, nice desserts. Can't go wrong with this. I'll take another sip. Mm. Another cigar, another puff of my cigar. And I will say that my cigar and libation experience is being enjoyed to the max. And again, I've got in microphone position number two and in microphone position number three, two unlit cigars to uh, memorialize one good friend, Dr. Dennis Papello, longtime friend, fellow cigar connoisseur, and in microphone position number three, the 11 congregants of the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh that were senselessly and violently murdered last uh, week. One week today. All right. When we come back, I've got a few other things I want to get to, and then at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Mick the Brit from the European Theater of Operations. He is the colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations based in a classified location within the London metropolitan area couple of items that we will get to in uh, involving meat. And it was World Vegan Day on Thursday. We celebrated appropriately, but I will bring all that up the top of next hour. Don't forget, if you are a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, by now you receive the October selection. 
that uh, is just off the charts from A.J. Fernandez. You cannot go wrong. We smoked the Bellas Artes last week. Beautiful cigar. Everything A.J. makes now is fantastic. In fact, I just heard that A.J. Fernandez and I think Hoji Blanco are, co- are collaborating on a Dominican cigar. So A.J.'s blending prowess being tapped into by other manufacturers in other countries. And if you are not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, we've got some great selections coming up. The November selection is going to be coming to us from the family of Davidoff Cigars. We will make the announcement next week what our selection will be. If you are not a member of the Officers Club, you need to join right now to partake in fabulous selections that are sent to you every month. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month gets you three fantastic cigars every month. Hard to believe. We're already talking about November and Thanksgiving and the holidays. This makes the Officers Club membership makes a fabulous gift for your friend, loved one, boss, or anybody else you want to give a gift to that loves cigars. You can just, it's a month-to-month membership, so you just call back. Say if you want to give a six-month membership to the Officers Club, just put a little note in your contact file that on the sixth month or fifth month, go ahead and cancel the membership. Go to CigarDave.com once again, click on Officers Club, and join, whether it's for you, for a friend, makes a great holiday gift. All right, when we come back, got a couple of other things I want to get to before the top of the hour when we are joined by Mick the Brit from the European Theater of Operations, and we talk about a travesty going on in Britain involving vegans and meat. So we will get to that. And uh, when I come back, I will do my great impression of the great Karnak. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. Gurkha has just launched three new cigars at the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, the Gurkha Marquesa, and Gurkha Ghost Gold. All three unique flavor profiles. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, more traditional, mild, and creamy cigar, typically found in many of the high-end Dominican cigars. Exquisite flavor, very velvety on the palate, featuring an Ecuadorian De Florida wrapper. The Gurkha Marquesa, very Cubanesque all the way around from flavor and packaging with an earthy Sumatra wrapper. Gurkha Marquesa is a bold, well-balanced, medium-bodied, and spicy cigar. The Gurkha Ghost Gold, a little different than the regular Gurkha Ghost, more flavor, a little bit bolder, featuring an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Instead of a sweet flavor on the Gurkha Ghost, it's a more nutty and earthy Profile. The Gurkha Chateau Privé, the Gurkha Marquesa, and Gurkha Ghost Gold. Three new cigars just launched by Gurkha. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. 
That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone, from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. And now, the great seer, soothsayer and sage, Cigar Dave the Magnificent. Yes, as I come upon all of you ready to hand out my wise prognostication and advice. And as I say, as I sit down here on my desk like Johnny Carson used to with a great Karnak, Johnny Carson didn't have to contend with his German shepherd wanting to bring his bone to him every two seconds and throw it to him. I've got Pendragon's Royal Baron and Pendragon's Royal Sultan both with me today at Command Center Alpha. And uh, Sultan, who's 13, is pretty mellow. He's just enjoying the cigar aroma, almost like he had the glass of wine, not me. Baron, on the other hand, uh, looks like and sounds like he just had about 50 liters of pure caffeine. He is ready to go. It's actually just seeing that silly hat you're wearing. Now, wait a minute. If you have ever seen Johnny Carson do the great Karnak, he wears that big giant hat with the feather. I didn't know where to get one of those, so I took the, the Cigar Oktoberfest uh, lederhosen hat, the green hat with the feather, and I just uh, basically made a couple of changes to it, but I still like, like, like a uh, German prognosticator pimp. Same thing. Does, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't have the same Karnak look. However... The great Cigar Dave the Magnificent is ready today. You have something in your hot little hands, Sergeant Steve. I hold in my hand the envelopes. As a child of four can plainly see, these envelopes have been hermetically sealed, kept in a jar of mayonnaise on a funk in Wagnall's porch since 10 a.m. today. No one knows the contents of these envelopes, but you, in your mystical and borderline divine way, will ascertain the answers, having never before heard the questions. That is correct. And by the way, do you talking about mayonnaise, was it preserved in a formerly used uh, Hellman's mayonnaise bottle or Duke mayonnaise bottle or, or, uh, or store brand, some off-name brand mayonnaise bottle? Do we know that? It was Hellman's. I prefer Duke's. It's a Southern thing, but I would rather have Duke's. However... Cigar Dave, the Magnificent, will still be able to make his prognostication. The envelope, please, Sergeant Steve. All right, thank you very much. Ah, yes, I have the envelope. All right, let me put it up to my head like the great Johnny Carson, Karnak the Magnificent did. Uh Uh-huh, I'm seeing it. And again, the envelope is closed. The answer, don't know where to get Stamps. Don't know where to get stamps. I just said that. Why are you repeating me? Why are you repeating me? May the fleas of 10,000 camels pee in your cup of soup. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The answer, as I said, don't know where to get stamps. As I open up the envelope, 
Let me pull out. Why don't college students vote by absentee ballot? That can't be true. A hundred percent true. I kid you not. This is how pathetic it is. Even Cigar Dave the Magnificent knows this is pathetic. A Fairfax County focus group this summer found many college students who have received an absentee ballot failed to send it back because they did not know where to buy U.S. Postal Service postage stamps. And as the Fairfax County Office of Public Affairs manager said, that seems to be a hump that they can't get across. And the focus group included college interns from across numerous county departments. They all agreed they knew lots of people who didn't send in their ballots because they didn't know where to get the stamp. Sergeant Steve, when you were in college, did you know where to get a postage stamp? Absolutely. The post office, ding, ding, post ding. O- you can get them at grocery stores or anywhere Grocery now. stores, Walgreens, they even have the machines. I mean, anywhere. It is, it is incredible to me that college students today do not know where to buy a postage stamp. Now, they know where to go to get their double macchiato latte frappa mocha chino for $19.95, but they don't know where to get a postage stamp? Can you send an absentee ballot in uh, COD? <laughs> I bet you there are college students that figured, I don't know how to send the postage stamp, so I'll just go ahead and mail it, and maybe it'll get there. Now, in Florida, you don't need to put a stamp on the ballot. It ought, it's a return, uh, has already the, re- the postage, everything you need. But all I can say is I hope that those college students in Virginia and maybe other places across the country that don't know where to get postage stamps, let's just hope they were libs that were going to cast a vote for a Dem instead of the red wave, which is coming up. Hopefully. We've got a big election on Tuesday. We will see. But it's just unbelievable to me today that the millennial generation, the entitled generation, you know, maybe if they would have handed out postage stamps at t-ball games and soccer games, Instead of participation trophies, maybe they would know where to get a stamp. But it is just incredible to me how people do not know how to function. Okay, you figure U.S. mail. You need a stamp. You go to the post office. Absolutely incredible. All right, next hour, we'll be joined by Mick the Brit in the European Theater of Operations. I have a whole group of items I must address with Mick. First of all, it was World Vegan Day on Thursday. By the way, Sergeant Steve... Did you celebrate the same way I did World Vegan Day? I, uh, I uh, put on my big green egg a nice big filet. Beautiful. That's exactly what I did. Nice big ribeye. And we sent out a graphic. I mean, first of all, who comes up with these cockamamie days? These holiday, you know, these World Blueberry Day, World Vegan Day, World Hug Your Pet Day. I don't know who comes up with these, these cockamamie days. But we found out about it in the evening, and I said, Sergeant Steve, we have got to post a graphic. And we had a world, we'll retweet it out. We'll send it out and, and post it on social media. World Vegan Day with a giant picture of a big, juicy steak with a big slash red line across World Vegan Day. And we had hashtag people eating tasty animals. And all I can say is, I hope I totally perturbed and ruined World Vegan Day for all the vegans that are across the globe. So we'll get into a uh, little World Vegan Day story in Britain. 
A number of Brits have reduced eating meat. Now we're seeing the wave saying we have to give up meat to save the planet from climate change. We'll get to that. And also we'll talk to Mick the Brit about Prince Charles. The lad has trouble doing basic tasks. So we will get into that in our number two. Also, Washington, D.C. wants to let 16-year-olds vote. A 16-year-olds vote. So we can't smoke a cigar until we're 21. You can't own a gun until you're 21. Can't have a drink till you're 21, but they want to let you vote when you're 16. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. This is AMEM, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida. U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General General Cigar Cigar Dave. This is just a tragic story. Alec Baldwin arrested yesterday, charged with assault after punching a man in a parking dispute. Why am I not surprised? Nothing surprises me with this clown. His TV shows have been a disaster. He's not funny on SNL. And I hope that when he goes in front of a judge, the judge looks and says, Alec Baldwin, you are guilty. I charge you, or your sentence is the death penalty. You are getting whacked. I don't care if it's by lethal injection, 10 lethal injections, by strangulation, by... Oh, my rhetoric is getting overheated. Oh, good. No problem. If I tick off the enemies of conservatives or anyone else, No problem in any way, shape, or form. But I hope the judge throws the book at this clown, Alec Baldwin. Please. And by the way, I just get a kick out of hearing all these libs saying, we have to tone down our rhetoric. We have to to campaign on the issues. The difference is President Trump finally figured out that the other Republican candidates could never figure out. McCain, Bush... Romney, the Dems would always talk a good game, but then they would always hit the Republicans right in the nads. Well, in previous candidates, they would always just sit there, take it, bend over and go, oh, it's killing me. Trump got up and said, you hit me in the nads, I'm going to kick you 10 times harder in the nads. And then when I'm done, I'm going to slug you right in the schnoz. And, of course, the Democrats said, wait a minute, we finally have a candidate that knows how to beat us at our own game. We have to start crying, and we have to start saying this isn't fair. We have to tone down the rhetoric. So if my rhetoric was too hot on Alec Baldwin, too damn bad. We are not politically correct on this show. And, by the way, if you differ with me on what I have to say, no problem. Communicate with me, Cigar Dave at CigarDave.com. Or let me know at, uh, on social media. I have absolutely no problem. But by the way, I should tell you, if you are going to engage in debate with me on any topic, whether it's political, 
whether it's historical, whether it's any topic, you, you throw the topic out. I will do my research. You will never win. And the reason is I debate on fact, not on fiction. And so whenever I have gone up against on other radio stations or TV appearances, TV interviews, against someone else that has a divergent opinion as me, it is amazing how they start to run and hide. When you deal with fact, they say, oh, I can't take, you're, you're not dealing rational, rationally, I'm going to end this conversation. I can't deal with you. That's how they always, when they do that, you know you have won the debate because then they have no more fact. And again, uh, it just amazes me whenever I get into a discussion or debate with someone, I'm more than happy to engage in rational conversation. I can, be, I can disagree without being disagreeable. I don't have to get personal. But then all of a sudden, the other party, whenever you're debating them, they, their facts don't hold up. You're beating them. They just get personal, and that's the end of that. You know, talking about our last hour, it still amazes me that college students do not know where to buy a postage stamp to, to slap on their absentee ballot. It's well, just, and it's, it's even a- easier now because you don't have to lick them. Sergeant Steve, licking is the best part. Haven't you ever heard of Stampalingus? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm confusing that with something else. My mistake. Oh, uh, yes. Stampalingus. Uh, there you go. Well, never ends. All right. On Thursday, it was World Vegan Day. And to celebrate... Sergeant Steve, you said you threw on, what, a nice big steak on the big green egg? I did, but I, I should say I did participate in World Vegan Day since I sauteed some mushrooms to put on that steak. Very good. I had some uh, grilled asparagus that I grilled in my cast iron skillet after I made a very nice ribeye that was medium rare Pittsburgh style, charred, absolutely delicious. Well, there was an article that appeared on Thursday in, on Bloomberg.com with the headline, Save the Climate, Eat Less Red Meat. Now, what have I been saying for the last umpteen months, actually probably over that, over a year, that we have seen now this movement to encourage the world to go vegan, stop eating meat by using climate change as their front. That's their whole tactic, saying, well, we have to because... When you look at what one food product takes the most global resources and global warming and with cows, with their flatulence, causes methane gas, which erodes at the ozone, we got to stop eating meat. we got to stop eating pork, eating red meat, eating any sort of animal product. And here's the, I'm going to give you some excerpts from this opinion piece. By Jessica Fenzo. Save, and by the way, can you hear, Sergeant Steve, can you hear Baron now with this little squeaker thing in the background? talking vegans and he gets all worked up. Exactly. And you know, you'll never believe. I mean, literally, it's, it looks like a little vegan. Come here, Baron. Hold on a second. Give that to me. You're not going to squeak that. I mean, I have got, he's seven months old. And by the way, Sergeant Steve, we should put, post some pictures of Baron when, he, when we got him, when he was eight weeks. When we did a show uh, early on, back in May. I will also post a picture of what Baron looks like now. He is 87 pounds and not done growing. He's probably going to be about 130 to 140 when he's done. But you can, you can hear in the background. As soon as we start talking about vegans eating less red meat, hey, Baron likes eating red meat. No ifs, ands, or buts. So here's the article. The way we eat is going to have to change. That is, if we are to preserve a livable climate on Earth. A new international study makes this clear. 
Over the next three decades, the food system's impact on the environment stands to at least double if humanity carries on eating the way it does now. The negative effects include pollution and species loss. Wait a minute. We got plenty of cows. We keep breeding more and more cows and pigs. There's no problem with species loss. Cows aren't going away. So there is factual point error number one in this article. She goes on to say the greatest threat by far is posed by greenhouse gas emissions from growing, processing, packaging, and transporting food. More than two-thirds of those food-related emissions come from meat production. According to 23 researchers involved in a study led by Oxford University, Hence, their critical recommendation, consumers, especially those living in certain high-income countries where meat is a significant part of the daily diet, are going to have to cut back and adopt a more plant-based, flexitarian diet. I say, screw that. Not going to happen. Here's the reality. If you eliminated every single cow on the planet, that's going to not lead to a lick of one iota in terms of climate change difference. And as I've said before, why is it that the enemies of meat, why is it that the supposed climate changers, we hear about the climate change deniers, I'm calling it the climate changers, why do they keep stating, we, we, the science is settled, we have to cut off debate. What did I just say a few minutes ago? When they can't win on, on the facts, they go to close the argument. No, I can't argue with you anymore. It's done. What, are the, what do we hear all the time from these climate changers? Oh, it, the science is settled. It's done. All these scientists already agree. We, we don't need any more debate. You are the one that is, that is wrong because everybody else says it's right. Well, I remind everyone of those climate changers that there was a time when the entire earth or the entire, all the population on the earth believed the earth was flat and not round. And there was a minority of people that said, no, the earth is round. And there was the majority that said, nope, the earth is flat. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And if they were alive today, they'd say the science is settled. That's it. Every scientist agrees. Overwhelming majority of scientists agree. The earth is flat. End of discussion. We can't argue anymore. That's it. We have to do something. So the reality is, whenever these People, these enemies of meat, or these pro-vegan, I don't even, what do we call them, pro-vegan, pro-veganers, veganites, pro-veganites, whenever these pro-veganites say, we have to eliminate eating red meat, and you have to change your diet, what business is it of theirs? They just don't like the fact that we like eating meat and chicken. So they create this false mantra that, oh, we have to save the planet with all the climate change going on. It is nonsense. Cows have been on this planet for thousands of years. Nothing is going to change if you add or reduce the, the cattle population. And that brings me to the next story. And this is why I want to bring in Mick the Brit, colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations, based in a classified location somewhere in the London Ford Theater of Operations. Mick the Brit, are you there? Indeed I am. And... Uh... This is London Calling. There you go, sir. Good sound effect, Mick. Very good. London Calling. Lo <laughs> Sterling, Mick. Sterling, as you would say. Mick, Indeed. Yes, sir. A report in The Guardian. Headline. Oh. A yes. third of Britons have stopped or reduced eating meat, according to a report. And the story says, 
One in eight Brits are now vegetarian or vegan, according to a report on food shopping that underlines a revolution in the UK's eating habits. A further 21% claim to be flexitarian, where a largely vegetable-based diet is supplemented occasionally with meat. Actually, I'm 100% meatitarian. I believe in eating more meat. Indeed, General, me too. I'm uh, definitely a bona fide meatitarian. Um, when they say a flexitarian, General, you're actually one of those. Because, you know, sometimes you, you have a salad. Yes. Instead of meat. Well, guess what? That's when you've uh, cut down. But no, no, no. But that is not a... No, no, no. A flexitarian uh, is be considered where they eat a largely vegetable-based diet, where it's supplemented occasionally with meat. I enjoy my vegetables. I enjoy my salads. But I'm not a flexitarian. I am a carnivore. Now, that means a third of UK consumers have deliberately reduced the amount of meat they eat or removed it from their diet entirely. And again, what's the one excuse that people are, are pointing to? The debate over countering climate change, saying that avoiding meat and dairy products is the single best way consumers can reduce their environmental impact on the planet. Now, again, it's not just meat. They're going after dairy products, okay? They're going after... They're going after cheese. They're going after milk because why cows are involved in the production of milk. The number of vegans in the UK who shun all animal products, including dairy and eggs, has grown fourfold in the past four years from 150,000 to 600,000, according to the Vegan Society. Can you imagine, Mick, the, what, what do you think the Vegan Society, a meeting of the Vegan Society is like first of all every vegan i've ever seen that's 100 percent vegan they look deathly ill they have no color whatsoever they look ashen color they're drawn out they look bony they look like they're uh you know about to croak at any second yeah they should have been trick-or-treating last night yeah trick-or-treat for steak please trick-or-treat yeah. for a big mac and here's another fact mick real quickly 60% of vegans and 40% of vegetarians surveyed said they had adopted the lifestyle over the past five years. 55% citing animal welfare concerns, 45% health reasons, 38% environmental issues. People in the 18 to 34 age group were more likely to switch to veganism which much less, with much less enthusiasm among over 55s. But mm. The vegan and vegetarian respondents said they did miss bacon sandwiches and pork scratchings. What is a pork scratching, Mick? Please tell me. Yeah, general, it's kind of like a potato chip, but it's deep fried uh, with pork. pork. A pork? It's oh, a so it's a pork rind. Oh, yes, it's a pork rind. Yes, of course. Yeah, a, and I eat that. A, a, bag a, pork, a pork rind or a pork rind? No, a pork. A pork rind. A pork. A ge general, look, it's as simple as fat. The body needs fat. You can run on carbs. You can run on fat. But I'm, I, I'm telling you, if you run on fat, that you will lose weight. You will reverse type two diabetes. You know the guy that said uh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Guess what? That was Mr. Kellogg's. And guess that's what? correct. The cereal guys. Yeah. And by the way, when you look at cereal, even like raisin bran, you think, okay, raisin bran is going to be healthy. You look at the sugar content that's in there and the sodium content, that is the you are better off to have six eggs than you are a yes. bowl of cereal or a half a bowl of cereal. No doubt yes. about and, it. And people are cottoning on to this now, General. And this is the repercussions of this. You have to follow the money, as you always say. And, it, 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 you know, the sugar lobby is very big. 
Uh, and of course, there's more profit to be made from food that's got label on it, on it than hasn't got labels on it. That's a fact. Now, now, Mick, yes. we have we have we know that Brits love their meat. Now, their steak isn't yeah. as good as the meat here in the U.S., Mick. Got to tell you, I agreed with that, General, one hundred percent. Yes, little tough, little tough. But when you when you look at many of the British staples, go ahead and give us like bangers and mash. That's meat. That's, that's uh, sausage. Oh. Yeah, it would be, yeah, exactly. It's sausage and mashed potato. Um, you know, the, the the British staple would really, and the Irish to some effect, would be uh, meat and two veg. So you'd have meat every day with two vegetables, whether it be potatoes or cabbage, greens, whatever. But, yeah, the, the British staple would be definitely meat and two veg. Shepherd's pie. Is shepherd's pie uh, as big in Britain as it is in uh, Ireland? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, shepherd's a, pie. Shepherd's right. pie. And, let's, and look, let's even take it to fish. Fish and chips. I mean, true vegans that's, don't eat fish. That's right. They don't. But they might wear leather shoes or use leather handbags. <laughs> right. So on one hand, a good point there, Mick. Right. On one hand, oh, no, I don't eat this or that. But yet, you hit it. Leather shoes, leather belt, leather wallet. Leather, uh, you know, le- leather products out the yin-yang. You're exactly yeah. right. So, Mick, tell me, have you seen anybody? You are in the European Theater of Operations. You run the Intel operation. Have you noticed an uptick in the number of vegans and vegetarians in the uh, people that you come across? No, not really. There's one or two uh, uh, vegetarian-type restaurants, shall we say. But remember, I live in a very cosmopolitan city like New York, for example. So, yes, there's one or two new nouveau riche type restaurants popping up but there's also a plethora of burger real burger uh, restaurants type of thing so yeah five five guys there's the real burger there's all sorts of burger five guys is horrible that's not real burgers that, i don't not. care for their burgers by the way did you notice i don't know if you heard the barks in the background did you pick yes, that up I did. yes i did all right sir. that's baron when we started talking about no meat he started barking and got very yeah. very dis. It got very upset. I mean, yeah. very uh, discount. Like, I'm not going to feed him any more meat. Don't worry, Baron. You're going to get your meat. Don't worry. We're just talking about vegetarians for educational purposes. Don't worry. We're going to let your chompers have plenty of meat. Don't worry. Relax. That's right. Here's and by the way, I, Mick. Yes. Go I, ahead, Mick. Go I ahead. I was going to say, here's something. I, I, I know you might learn something. From, uh, back in the day when I was planting some roses uh, in my garden here, my backyard here, um, my dad would say, you know, uh, Brit father would say, Put some bone meal in there. That will help the roses grow. So, in fact, General, even plants eat meat, if you like. It's bone meal. It's, it's, it's granulated uh, animal bone that you put in as a fertilizer. And yes, plant- just don't feed it to other cows or you get mad cow, like we know that exactly, happened in Britain. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't want to do that. No. By the way, Mick, uh, Pendragon's Royal Baron. Baron, who's now seven months old, who's about 87 pounds, He's taller than you are. No bull. <laughs> I kid you not. He's taller than you are. All right. Now, Mick, I got another item that I would like to get to. Two things. Yes. First up, this is very interesting. As we know, the great prime British Prime Minister, Sir Winston Churchill, famous for his love of cigars, everywhere you went, or every picture, he always had a big uh, cigar chomping on his, uh, that he was yeah. chomping on, all at the end of his chompers. Always. Indeed, but yes. During World War II, security officials feared the cigars, which Britain's leader often received as gifts, 
could be to, uh, could prove to be a fatal security flaw, according to a new book called Agent Jack. Author Robert Hutton says MI5 was concerned that the Nazis, the Deutsches, could poison Churchill's cigars, coating their tips with cyanide or another potent, a potent poison. So, the Brits were involved in counter-espionage efforts through MI5. Do you know how they tested his cigars to make sure they weren't tainted or poisoned? What you're saying is absolutely true, but I don't know the exact process of them testing to see whether they were tainted. Ah, Mick, I know. I have the information in front of me. They would x-ray every box of cigars, and then they would extract a sample of tobacco. They would grind it up in saline and inject it into mice to check if it was safe. And if the mouse didn't croak, Churchill got the cigars. If he did <laughs> croak, which he didn't, uh, Churchill would not have gotten the cigars. But wait, there's more. Another problem arose when the prime minister, when Churchill was gifted a slab of Virginia ham by a French general. Churchill, of course, loved his food, loved his cigars, and he loved his spirits, his libations. So he was delighted. He announced he was going to have the ham for breakfast the next morning. Major panic was, uh, went through his service protection detail, and how could they test the ham in time without the prime minister realizing it? So what they did is they cut a slice, they fed it to the Medical Research Council's cat and watched it closely. If it survived, Churchill was allowed to have the ham for breakfast, which it did. So two interesting stories about, yeah. uh, about Winston Churchill back during WW2. And you don't think about those things, but, you know, when somebody gifts you something, you got to be careful. Oh, yes, especially uh, at that time, uh, which was, uh, yes, very... Uh very prominent uh, in them day, history changing, and uh, yes, it did have an effect. Talking about history, Mick, there has been an, a, an effort to revise history by photoshopping the cigar out of Churchill's mouth. There was a big Churchill exhibition in uh, London a few years yeah. ago, and they tried to revise history. Unacceptable. The enemies of pleasure were totally wrong and got called out for it. Yeah, absolutely, General, and you pointed this out, and I remember when you pointed this out uh, on the show here uh, a few years ago. Now, you're absolutely right, and that, that's the problem. And, of course, uh, whilst we're talking about WW2, of course, next week, General, on Sunday is the 11th of the 11th. It is the 100th anniversary of Armistice Day. When That is correct, and we'll have a special Veterans Day edition of the Cigar Dave Show. More with Mick the Brit as we continue with Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers around the corner. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. tofu alpha males run on meat steak cigars and cigar day the trifecta of pleasure and my protective canine security detail runs on meat as well that would be pendragon's royal sultan and pendragon's royal baron german shepherds oh wait a minute mick the brit as we rejoin mick did i offend you by saying german shepherds i believe in england they're known as alsacian wolf dogs well, we, yeah, Alsatians, but now, Alsatians. now we call, yes, sir, and now we call them German Shepherds as well. Ah, okay, good. You have reverted now that everything's okay with the Krauts. You have reverted back to calling them German Shepherds. I didn't want to offend you there, Mick. I didn't Not want you to go into, into an alpha safe space. <laughs> no, no, no fear of that with me, General. Ah, okay, fantastic. By the way, Mick the Brit, what cigar are you enjoying now as we conduct uh, alpha male broadcast pleasure maneuvers? Indeed, it would be a short Romeo and Julieta Churchill. Uh, Cubano or from the Dominican Republic? Cubano, come on. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but uh, yesterday, President Donald Trump is uh, announced that he is going to uh, firm, I think they're going to firm up uh, some sanctions. A couple of days ago, John Bolton uh, talked about the uh, triumvirate of evil, and that would be Venezuela, Cuba, Nicaragua. And I think uh, we're going to see the embargo tightened up. Uh, all the, the relaxations under the Obama administration are probably going to go away. So, Mick the Brit, you're enjoying a Romeo y Julieta short Churchill yes. from Cuba. Where do you buy your cigars, by the way, in, in London, Mick? Um, well, <laughs> sometimes it's from a, a friend of a friend. And other times it's uh, St. James's, the very shop where... Uh, Winston Churchill would buy his cigars there in St. James's, which, which is Fox's Fox's Fox cigars. Well known, very well known. Well, talking about, the reason we brought you on initially, Mick, is first of all talking about the fact that Brits are now more of them are going to become vegans and vegetarians, which very right. concerned. Of course, we want to make sure you're doing your part to make sure that England does not go vegan. No, that won't happen, General. And and like I said before. Um, this is coming about now because people are realizing if you eat fat, it's as simple as fat, dot com even. Uh, if you eat fat, then you will 
um, you're going to lose weight. Uh, you'll uh, feel better. You won't be on all the meds that you're on. I mean, big pharma is involved in this and the big food industry. And this is just, you know, the Guardian newspaper, General, let me tell you, is a liberal left-leaning newspaper. The sort of people that, that read the sort of people that read the Guardian are sandal-wearing, tree-hugging, tofu-eating people, and their readership isn't really that big now. Well, Britain doesn't run on tofu, I will tell you that. No, sir, we do not. Well, oh, Mick, by the way, General, yes, by the way, General talking about simple as fat, um, yeah, which means high fat, low carbs, high fat, absolutely no sugar. Okay, and since I last saw you, General, are you uh, are you sitting down, General? I'm sitting down on my palatial, comfortable leather chair. I think you better brace yourself now, sir, because since the last time I saw you, I've not drunk beer. Just whiskey. Yeah, I didn't say I was off the alcohol. I just said I haven't drank beer because. That... <laughs> No Guinness because, for you, Mick. So when you refuel, only the hard stuff. Yes, sir. Yeah, or, or, or wine, red wine, or or uh, white wine. Yeah, are, that's are, fine. Are Guinness sales worldwide down? <laughs> perhaps, Steve. Perhaps. Massively, especially especially in Britain because of Mick. Yeah, indeed. But because when when the carbs hit your body, it turns into sugar eventually, and that's the stuff that hangs around your your, your gut. So, uh, that's true. like I say, so off the carbs, no bread. No rice, no pasta. I know it's it, it it does take getting used to, but as a result of that, people uh, it's been found that people that eat pasta, or sorry, let me people that have been eating carbs. Uh, let me put it another way: when Whitey turned up in uh, I don't know Australia, the Aborigines didn't have the problems they've got today with obesity, with um, um, with diabetes, etc., and I would say the same for the uh, Native Americans there. You know, where there were wild bison and buffalo roaming uh, around there. You know, now we got modern farming. So yeah, high fat, low carb—that's the way to go, General. Well, I think when you look at 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 the way people used to eat before all the processed foods and the chemicals and processed foods and sugar, high laden sugar and sodium, you know, you have a steak. Think about this. I was I was just talking about this to somebody yesterday where they were just telling me that uh, they said, yeah, you know, that they their their bane is like potato chips. And we all love potato chips. And they were saying and I said, you know, have you ever looked to see like a regular bag of potato chips usually has like seven servings and there's one hundred and sixty calories. It's either 130 or 160 calories in a bag of chips. So if you just take, let's just split the middle, okay, and say 145 times seven servings, that is 1,015 calories. So 1,000 calories. You are better off to go have a 8-ounce or 12-ounce, as an example, an 8-ounce sirloin is going to run about 360 to 390 calories, depending on how you prepare it. Think about that for a second. You are better off to eat a steak than you are a bag of potato chips. And General, when you're done with a steak, you'll feel far better and satiated than eating yes. the potato chips. Yes. I've, I now feel I have more energy and I feel more focused because I'm not on the carbs. I'll give you another example, General. What would you say is healthier? Your cereal with toast 
and uh, fruit juice for breakfast or my double eggs, double bacon, double sausage and coffee with double cream. Which one? Well, would you I, 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 let's put it this way. I, yeah, I would say that. But however, I will have the eggs and maybe yeah. I'll have not double sausage. Maybe I'll have one sausage or a couple of strips of bacon, but I won't have the cream in my coffee. And I do not eat fruit until at least usually two o'clock. And the reason being is the worst thing you can do is have fruit, which is sugar. It's good sugar, but it's still sugar. Your body starts running on sugar instead of fueling it with protein and fat to run on. So there are many technical aspects we could get into. But when I see people, you know, go to a hotel for breakfast and the buffet, you'll see they'll, they'll have, they'll start off with cereal, then a bagel, then their jam, then they'll have a muffin before they even get to the eggs or anything else. And then the fruit, I'm like, oh man, there's, I mean, just looking at them, I want to go fall asleep because I feel the sugar rush already. But yes. it's, it's once you train yourself to eat that way. And the other thing that I believe in after doing a lot of study is intermittent fasting. So if you can limit yes. your eating to about eight hours a day, whereby the remainder of the day, the other 16 hours, you are not eating, you're not grazing, that allows your body to get out of, uh, uh, to burn all the glucose out, and then you start burning fat for fuel much better. I'm now trying to eat between only 1.30 and 7.30, 7.45 at the latest. And it is incredible. If you stick to that and yep. do about, eh, you know, 1,000, 1,100, 1,200 calories by eating steak or seafood or fish with vegetables, it's amazing how quickly the weight, the pounds come off. Yes, indeed, General. In fact, you don't even have to count calories. You just well, I still, I yeah, they say that, but I really weigh everything. And you, you to me, if you're really going to be good about it, now once you get to a point where you want to maintain, yeah, you're yeah. pretty good. And the other thing is, weigh yourself every day. If you weigh yourself every day, if you get above one or two pounds, boom, you get right on it, and then you you, you burn it right off, and that's the key because otherwise it starts creeping up. Trust me, I know. So you got to yeah. always keep an eye on it. All right, well, somebody that doesn't have to keep an eye on anything because he's got servants and butlers and valets or valets as they say for him is prince charles the prince of wales who is now 69 years of age and i know mick you are a big fan of the royal family you just love the queen her majesty and prince charles because their work is so important to the british empire they just are so important to the day-to-day lives of brits General, I, I, I will say that you, the Americans, are fawning over yourselves when we have a royal wedding or we have a royal birth. They're all parked up outside Buckingham Palace giving live now and happening reports from London about what's going on. Well, that's on. that's the media. That's not me, Mick. I could give a damn. <laughs> oh, I didn't I even watch. There was that last Again. royal wedding. I didn't even know it was on. I could care less. Who cares? But I know you're a big, you're a big well, royal... Yeah. I mean, yeah, you love the th- Royals. Why do you love the Royals so much, Mick? Why do I love them? Because they've always been there, indeed, like the Pope. They're a good, uh, not necessarily a great example, but what I'm trying to say is they're a good uh, rock bed, a good foundation that this uh, United Kingdom is built upon. Yes, and you basically pay the freight for them to live in 400 it's- castles and umpteen planes and 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 jewels and what does it cost the British taxpayers? Three four hundred million a year. 
Yeah, but they generate their own income, of course. And, of course, we have tourists that come and look and watch and observe. How do they generate their own income? General, what, what is, General, Queen Elizabeth go to work? Like, wait, wait, wait. Does Queen Elizabeth go to work in the factory, or does she go work in an office? Is she a receptionist? What does Prince Charles do? Tell me. How do they create their own they income? Own, they own properties. Prince Charles owns oh, farms. Oh, they so own the pro- property, oh, yeah. properties that were given to them by the Brits, the, the citizens who knows how long ago? Well, exactly. But what I'm trying to say is, General, out of my own personal taxation, it costs me less than one British sterling pound per year. And That's one was- British sterling yeah. pound too much, Mick. All right, let me give you this story. Prince Charles. Reportedly, there is a new book, or correction, there's a new documentary on Amazon Prime called Serving the Royals Inside the Firm. And Charles has earned a special nickname among the staff at Clarence House, the Pampered Prince. Because according to that new documentary, Prince Charles needs help doing just about everything. His pajamas are pressed every morning. His shoelaces are pressed flat with an iron. The bath plug has to be in a certain position and the water temperature has to be just tepid. Wait a minute, is that bath plug or is that some other plug? That, no, 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 that's know, the right. generally. No, no you're right. Okay, just checking on that. Yeah. Um, according to British, uh, Princess Diana's former butler, Paul Burrell. Uh, Burrell please. even said that Charles has his valets squeeze one inch of toothpaste onto his toothbrush every morning. Are you kidding me? Prince Charles is too damn lazy to unscrew the toothpaste cap? And take a dab of toothpaste, an inch of toothpaste, and put it on his own damn toothbrush? Are you kidding me? General, and you as a Brit are thrilled with this this family, Mick? Come on. General, look, for one moment, let me place you in his loafers. You're there in your palatial bathroom. And your valet, perhaps, you know, you've got your bathrobe on. There you go, sir. Your, your shaver. Your soap. Would you not like that, sir? Not like what? Well, to have things handed to you for for you to t- not really. I don't want somebody uh, to hand me my razor or my shaving cream. I don't really particularly care for that. Now there was a great scene in Coming to America when yes. Eddie Murphy's uh, uh, character he's in the hot tub. Oh, actually, they do a thing where they take his bathrobe and they wash him. The two girls and she makes a comment. Shall I? Shall I? And I'm cleaning this up. Shall I wash the royal tallywacker, sir? At which point he's like, no, nah, he was kind of bored with it. But the answer to that would be, okay, sure. But wait a minute. Yeah. Who on earth irons their shoelaces to press them flat? And by the way, mm. no, I would not. I'm telling you there are people that are far wealthier than the royal family, than Prince Charles, that I will guarantee you do not have their butler or valet squeeze one inch of toothpaste onto their toothbrush every morning. That is absurd and obscene. That's a very old story, though. Well, yes, I know. I hear what you're saying. Um, Indeed. His mother, the Queen, Her Majesty the Queen, it was reported and photographed that they would have their breakfast cereal in Tupperware on on the royal breakfast table. That I don't believe for a second. Oh, no, I'm sure it's served in Spode, China. Now, wait, Mick, there's more. 
Right. The butler's duties reportedly extend to fetching items just a few feet away from the prince. Burrell said, on one occasion, he rang me from his library and he said, Oh, Paul, a letter from the queen seems to have fallen into my waste paper bin. Would you pick it up? And it was only a few feet away. Now, come on. Isn't that a little ridiculous that Prince think, Charles yeah. can't... Think the former butler of Princess Diana, I think that is a little uh, bit of a ridiculous story. I don't necessarily... Uh, I know, uh, again, he does the television interviews over there and uh, Americans because they... Uh, oh, he was, you know, Diana's uh, butler. But no, he's, he's not really looked well upon here in the UK, General. Well, wait, as Ron Bobeau would say, but wait, there's more. <laughs> Or Paul Harvey would say, page two. Page apparently, two. apparently, Prince Charles, the Prince of Wales, brings his own toilet seat with him when he travels, changes outfits five times a day, only recently learned what saran wrap is, and never shows up to a dinner party without his own food. That's great. He goes to a dinner party and says... Excuse me, this food shall be for me only. Now, most people, if they go to a party, they say, hey, I brought enough food for everybody. Here, I brought dessert, I brought this. No, this is just for me. You cannot touch my royal food, my royal toilet seat. Uh, <laughs> saran wrap, what a unique invention. It's just sterling, just sterling to learn what saran wrap is. This guy comes across as a dumb buffoon, as a pampered, spoiled, rotten, dumbass pain in the ass. That's what he comes across as, Mick. Right, that's perception, General, but the truth is probably something else. Can we leave it the, there? No, the truth is he is pampered, and you're covering for it because you Brits, I know, you love the royal family, but there's got to be a growing percentage of Brits that say, why on earth are we paying for these clowns to live the good life while we're schlepping away at our jobs every day? Yes, there is. That comes with the younger generation, but I'll, give you, a couple of, I'll give you a couple of examples, as well as uh, Her Majesty the Queen being Queen of... Uh, England, Scotland, Britain. Uh, she's also Queen of uh, Australia, head of the Commonwealth, etc. They uh, had a, I think they had a, a thing, a, a referendum, shall we say, in Australia, whether to uh, do, you know, become a republic in Australia. And they said, no, we want to, uh, you know, maintain uh, Her Majesty the Queen as head of state. And likewise, uh, in Spain... she does so much for Australia. She's involved in so much down there. Her Majesty the Queen does... When she's uh, in residence at Buckingham Palace, or Windsor Castle, Balmoral, she actually has to sign papers. And oh, do, she has to of, sign uh, papers. Of, oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm signing my name right now. Wait a minute. See if you can hear this. Yes. Oh, the You're pain not, from signing my name. Oh, it's so important work. Signing my signature. Come on, Mick. You can't be serious. She, I know for a fact, that, I know for a fact that Her Majesty the Queen, because being head of the Commonwealth, the Commonwealth, some of the places in the Commonwealth have the uh, the, the death penalty, shall we say. I know for a fact she signed a, a, paper, a document giving somebody stay of execution. Well, good for her. Having to sign her name, so much work having to sit down and take a pen and sign it. Oh, that's worth the $400 million a year. All right, when we come back, stay right there. Make the final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. Jolly good, folks. 
Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Apple, Android, and Kindle devices. You can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. The October 2018 Officers Club selection by now in hand to all of our Officers Club members featuring a great group of cigars from A.J. Fernandez. The A.J. Fernandez Bellas Artes, the A.J. Fernandez Enclave Broadleaf, and the A.J. Fernandez San Latano Requiem Maduro getting great response to it. We enjoyed the A.J. Fernandez Bellas Artes on last week's show with a beautiful exclusive A.J. Fernandez Rojita Nicaraguan wrapper. Very smooth, delightful notes of cinnamon and cedar. All the cigars that we put in the A.J. Fernandez sampler have been just getting great accolades. The A.J. Fernandez Enclave Broadleaf, full-bodied, full flavor, loaded with power, no trace of harshness whatsoever, and the A.J. Fernandez San Latano Requiem Maduro wrapped in a magnificent, oily, shiny Mexican San Andreas Moron wrapper. You will get great notes of chocolate, cream, light sweetness. So our A.J. Fernandez Officers Club 2018, October 2018 sampler off the charts. Now for November, we're going to make the announcement next week on the show. But it is going to be a very nice sampler coming from Davidoff. And as we know, Davidoff's got their Davidoff, their Avo, the Camacho, the Griffins. Huge lineup of great cigars. We're going to make the announcement next week. But the November 2018 Officers Club selection will be fantastic. If you are not a member of the Officers Club, go right now to CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. $22.95 per month gets you three great cigars every month. Makes a great holiday gift. We're already looking at the holidays right around the corner. If you want to give a loved one, a husband, a boyfriend, a friend, a boss, some great cigars, get them a membership to the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Go to CigarDave.com right now, $22.95, to join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. Defending your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. It's the General Cigar Dave. Final segment along with Mick the Brit from the London Theatre of Operations and the UK Theatre of Operations. By the way, Mick, how's Brexit going? Have you guys left yet? What the hell? Uh, the politicians, General. Same as problem in your country as well, I guess, with uh, what the president. No, no, no. Trying. We've got a president that gets stuff done. You got Theresa May. Trust me, uh, if you had President Donald Trump negotiating, you would have been gone already. All right, Mick, let me final story here I want to get to. We've got the yes. big election coming up on Tuesday. Now, as you know, the last number of years we have seen the increase in legal age in many municipalities and states to purchase a cigar has gone from 18 to 21, to buy a gun from 18 to 21, to have a, a, a alcoholic libation from 18 to 21. So everywhere we look, 18-year-olds are not mature enough to decide to smoke a cigar themselves, to own a gun, or to have an alcoholic libation. Meanwhile, at 18, you can put your life on the line and die for your country. Well, 
In Washington, D.C., the city council preparing to vote on a bill that just won approval in the Judiciary and Public Safety Committee on Thursday to lower the voting age to 16 for all elections, both local and federal. Now, the 20, and it's going to be voted on later this month, the 26th Amendment in the U.S. Constitution guarantees citizens 18 and older the right to vote. Scholars have said it doesn't prevent a state, or in this case, the nation's capital, from setting a lower age. This is absurd. Again, you have to be 21 to smoke a cigar, to buy a cigar, a gun, or have a drink, but now they're smart enough to let people vote. You want to know why? Because the only people they can get to vote Democrat are the 16-year-olds who are too stupid to realize the vote they're casting. But again, this is the hypocrisy. Mick the Brit, it's absurd. Real quick, Mick. What? Jim, uh, yeah, go um, ahead. I was going to say, General, we've got the same situation here. You've got the uh, Scottish Democrat Party trying to do the same thing in Scotland and also uh, Labour, uh, the, the, the Liberals here, also crying for the same thing. Cigar Dave, the General, reminding you, vote red on Tuesday. <laughs>